Good morning and welcome to the Sober Rebel podcast on day 22. Uh, So this is episode 22. I'm Louisa Evans and I'm a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist and I'm pooling my knowledge as a therapist alongside lots of hints and tips from the sober community and just general ideas for you to consider and ponder when it comes to your mental health and any self-development. So your sobriety is ticking along really nicely. Just take from this series whatever you want and ignore what you don't find useful. Just notice what resonates with you because this is very much about you finding what works for you. So today we're going to talk about self-esteem and self-esteem is really important, but we're going to look at a concept of self-esteem versus the idea of self-compassion because the sober road can be a bumpy one. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's the best choice you can make, but it's also not the easiest. The rewards are many though, so keep going. And you can argue when it comes to self-esteem, it takes a massive bashing when you're a drinker, when you're a heavy drinker or a regular drinker, or a drinker that's binge drinking and doesn't want to, or promises themselves that they're going to stop at two and never manages to, or if you're pleading with yourself to have a night off and then reaching five o'clock and letting yourself down. It's constantly letting yourself down on those promises you're making to yourself that damages our self-esteem. And if you were anything like me, by the time I finally quit alcohol, my self-esteem was on the floor. Alcohol had pummeled it. The worst for me were the 3am, 4am wake-ups, those anxiety, anxiety wake-ups where your body's jolted awake and you realise, despite telling yourself you were going to have a night off last night, you still had a drink. And for me, it was never getting drunk. It was just I wanted to make better choices. And I was drinking more than I should be, way, way more than I should be. But what was really crippling for me when I was drinking and helping other people with habits, sometimes with alcohol, it would often be something that came up in sessions that somebody would want to work with alongside dealing with other things. So they'd want to moderate or cut down on their drinking or become more mindful in it or maybe take a sober stint. And every time it came up as a secondary item to deal with, There was a little part of me that would wince inside and think, you've got to be doing this for yourself. Come on. And then I was helping them and my brain was going, how are they succeeding at this? And I'm not helping myself. I can't help myself or I don't want to help myself. And so some really deep and soul destroying thoughts were running through my head, especially when I was doing all the resetting and restarting. And it's why my mental health suffered the most Once I'd made the decision to go sober and when I was struggling with what they say, getting sobriety to stick. So let's talk about self-esteem. And that's how we value and perceive ourselves. It's based on our opinions and our belief about ourselves. And it can feel difficult to change. We might also think of this as self-confidence. And self-esteem can actually shift from moment to moment and day to day. So sometimes your sense of self-worth can be high and you feel like nothing will bring you down. And then shortly afterwards, your mind might become flooded with negative thoughts or something happens or you let yourself down like I was doing. It could be that you start scrolling through social media with really good high self-confidence, but then afterwards you feel it plummet 
And you can actually notice this self-esteem several times a day changing as you go along. So it does take energy and it can be exhausting to keep that self-esteem higher. Research has actually shown that the pursuit of constant high self-esteem isn't even healthy for you. So what's a better idea? What you need to do is to commit to improving your well-being by learning how to improve your self-esteem, but without making it your top priority. And there is a fantastic woman called Dr. Kristin Neff. She's an associate professor of educational psychology at the University of Texas in Austin. And she has studied and talks about why self-compassion is healthier than self-esteem. And so that's why the title of this episode is Self-Esteem versus Self-Compassion. And this is almost the great angst of modern life, isn't it? It doesn't matter how hard we try, no matter how successful we are, no matter how good a mum or a parent or a worker or a husband or a wife or a partner we are, it never seems like it's enough. There is always someone, especially on social media, that's richer, thinner, smarter, more powerful, and it can make us feel quite small. And that's why so many people are turning to therapy, to medication, to self-help books in order to try and find out what to do. And self-esteem then, this self-esteem movement has sort of come about. There have been literally thousands of books and articles promoting self-esteem, how you get it, how you raise it, how you keep it. And it's become like a virtual religion. But it can have serious downsides because our culture has become so competitive it's, it's almost like we need more and more to feel special and above average. It's not okay to just be ourselves. And some people fight shy of this idea of self-esteem, feeling that it's arrogance or big-headedness, but it's not. And don't get me wrong, I've met some people that have taken their self-confidence and their self-esteem into the realms of absolute arrogance where they're constantly telling you how amazing they are, and you can see it's actually masking a deep-rooted insecurity. Building up of ego. How do we know what the right balance is? And we don't want to suffer from low self-esteem either, because as a drinker, my self-esteem was really low. It's about finding that balance. This is where there's another way of looking at it, and it's a far healthier way of looking at it, and it's called self-compassion. And so self-compassion involves being kind to ourselves when life goes awry or we notice something about ourselves we don't like. Rather than being cold or self-critical in a harsh way, it's the ability to recognise that our human condition is imperfect so that we feel free to make mistakes, so that we can feel connected to other people when we fail or suffer rather than feeling separate or isolated. And I refer this to this early sobriety journey. If you've ever tried and had to reset and reset, you can at that point feel incredibly isolated. And this act of self-compassion also involves mindfulness, which is the recognition and non-judgmental acceptance of any painful emotions you're feeling as they arise in the present moment, rather than suppressing them. So rather than getting involved in our life in our heads like some sort of exaggerated soap opera, we see ourselves and our situation objectively, clearly and in a balanced way with compassion for ourselves. So let's distinguish between self-compassion and self-esteem. 
self-esteem refers to the degree to which we evaluate ourselves positively and most people could do with some support in this area. It represents how much we like or value ourselves and it's often based on comparison with others. In contrast, self-compassion is not based on positive judgments or evaluations. It's just a way of relating to ourselves. People feel self-compassion because they're human beings, but not because they're special or above average. There's no comparison necessary. It's actually emphasising interconnection rather than separateness. And so that means with self-compassion, you don't have to feel better than anyone else to feel good about yourself. And it also offers a lot more emotional stability than self-esteem because it's always there for you, both when you're on top of the world and when you fall flat on your face. And in the sober journey, you will have highs and lows. You may have had to reset in the past. You may know what that feels like. You'll also have other things going on in your life that aren't alcohol or sobriety related. So that self-compassion is so important. I would argue that self-esteem is important, but self-compassion is a kinder way of looking at it and a softer way of wording it that a lot of people would be more willing to accept. And there's been research done indicating that self-compassion offers all the same benefits as self-esteem. So that's less depression, greater happiness. So how do you have and show self-compassion? That positive attitude that we need to have towards ourselves. So the way that Dr. Christin overviews self-compassion is to say that it's comprised of three separate constructs. The first is self-kindness, common humanity and mindfulness. So self-compassion means being able to relate to yourself in a way that's forgiving, accepting and loving when situations might be less than optimal. So let's look at self-kindness. And that is showing kindness and understanding towards ourselves when we fail at something or when we're hurt, rather than being critical or judging ourselves harshly when we already feel pain, we can recognise the negative influence of that self-judgment and treat ourselves with warmth and patience instead. So in short, showing self-kindness means treating our worth as unconditional, even when we fall short on our own expectations. And that could be through our behaviours or through our thoughts. It's that kindness towards yourself. So some examples could be to give yourself the tenderness and care that you need when you're going through a tough time. Trying to understand and show patience regarding any flaws you may perceive you have or being tolerant of your own shortcomings. So when it comes to common humanity, having common humanity means that viewing our own individual experiences as embedded in the broader human experience, rather than seeing ourselves as isolated or separate from other people. And part of this is accepting and forgiving ourselves for our flaws. We aren't perfect, but we show self-compassion when we go easy on ourselves for having limitations. But another part of common humanity is recognising that we're not alone in being imperfect or in feeling hurt. So rather than withdrawing or isolating ourselves, we can appreciate that other people feel the same at times. And that gives us a sense of belonging, which is what you actually need in that moment. 
So instead of perceiving your shortcomings as something only you suffer with, look at them as natural aspects of the human condition as a whole, of society and the world we're operating in. View your difficulties as a part of life that everyone goes through in one way or another. And remind yourselves that others also feel inadequate as you're feeling now at times. So when you feel the same, you can feel that sense of belonging and oneness. And the last point that Dr. Kristin talks of is mindfulness. And that's the opposite of over-avoidance or over-identification. So mindfulness, as with anything, we know what mindfulness is. It's stepping back, acknowledging and labelling our own thoughts as opposed to reacting to them. And mindfulness is a technique that's useful in all walks of life, but particularly when it comes to self-compassion. So being aware of our own hurtful thoughts and emotions because of the negative bias of the brain without blowing up their significance through ruminating on it. Instead, what you're looking to do is adopt a positive balance between over-identification of issues or problems at one extreme and the completely trying to avoid the painful emotions at the other, which is where a lot of people will have tried to avoid with drinking or drugs. So what you're looking to do is incorporate those three areas from self-judgment to self-kindness from feeling isolated and that it's only you that's suffering, to realising there's a common humanity, that there are other people feeling the same as you do. And between avoidance and over-identification to mindfully responding and not reacting, not creating this drama in your head. And from that, actually, the irony being your self-esteem will rise. Here are eight things that you can do to increase your self-compassion. The first is let yourself make mistakes. We're human. So the key idea of self-kindness and common humanity tap into those two separate but related ideas that we're human, but so is everyone else. And that's okay. So rather than interpreting our thoughts, feelings and behaviours, as determining who we are, we can let ourselves off the hook if we make a mistake. Give yourself permission to be human. The second point is to care for yourself as you treat other people. Closely related to the previous tip, this is about understanding and being empathetic towards yourself. If a friend was feeling down, hurt or upset the way that you are, you might give them comfort, pat them on the back, reassure them of their good points. So do the same for yourself. Become more self-aware. And if you don't like positive affirmations, because there are people that don't, you can use something called releasing statements. Maybe positive affirmations don't feel natural to you, or maybe your inner critic is too strong at a subconscious level. So when you catch yourself thinking a negative thought like, oh, I'm such a horrible person for getting angry about this, Try turning it around and releasing yourself from the feeling. So try, it's okay that I feel angry. Instead of thinking, I'm such a horrible person for getting upset. It's okay that I feel upset. That self-acceptance again and then mindfulness in the moment. Noticing the thought without judgment. Another thing you can do is to regain perspective. 
So let go of the need for outside validation. There is a book called Stay Positive, The Positively Present Guide to Life by Danny DePiro. And in it, the idea that our negative thinking comes from how other people perceive us is sort of it in a nutshell, really, isn't it? Because if we're beating ourselves up for eating something, then actually what we're doing is we're bowing to the societal pressure of looking a certain way or maintaining a certain weight. So choosing not to tie our happiness to outside influences in that way can actually be another act of self-kindness. And when it comes to gaining perspective or regaining perspective, a good thing to do is actually in that moment to reach out to others. And I know that might sound contradictory in one way you don't want other people's opinions, but actually this is more about you placing your feelings in context. When we talk with other people, we realise actually we're not alone in feeling this way at times. It's not that you're looking for their validation. It's actually that you're looking to connect and for that common humanity. Feeling that connectedness, reframing our perceived problems within a bigger picture. So sort of to recap on it, on self-compassion, it's just another way or a different way of looking at self-esteem building self-confidence, self-efficacy. And aiming to keep our feelings in balance when we experience something upsetting, maintaining perspective when we fail at something, and adopting our emotions with curiosity and openness when we're feeling sad. Because going sober means you are going to feel all of those negative emotions and it's knowing how to deal with them. Are you beating yourself up in that moment for having that emotion or is there a way of releasing it and saying it's okay that I'm feeling like this, talking to someone else, realising that actually it's quite normal to feel like this and just show some kindness to yourself in the same way that you would a friend. So I hope you found something useful in this episode and if you'd like to follow me on social media you can find me at Stepping Into Sobriety. You can find my audiobook on Audible to learn more about my early days of sobriety and my attempts at resetting and restarting, alongside some tips and techniques that I use in therapy. And you can find out more about self-hypnosis or therapy on my website. You'll find the link in the bio and there's even a code to buy one, get one free as a Sober Rebel listener on all self-hypnosis downloads. So I hope you have a great day today and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.